I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is a special, special feature called The Year, Year of, of Watching Dangerously. Dangerously. We did not watch the movie The Year of Living Dangerously. No, just... well, we lived the film. <laughs> the, yeah, we did. I don't know anything about that movie, but it's basically about our lives doing this podcast for the first year. <clears throat> You'll notice we didn't call it a mini-sode. Mm-hmm. We've changed the name. It's a special feature because we're really leaning hard into this nonsense. So, uh, But this is our, our, our one-year recap. And mm-hmm. a little bit our uh, best of the decade. What was your favorite podcast you were on this decade? Uh, uh, probably two films, two heroes. Oh, think. oh, yeah, that's so good. I was all ready to be like, "Fuck you, flip the table." <laughs> but no, yeah, me too. That was my favorite podcast. No, fuck I was you, on. flip the table was my second favorite one. I was that was on a that really thing. good podcast too, but it wasn't the one. No. <laughs> so yeah, we uh, we actually we um, went did one of those uh, ranker things, mm-hmm. uh, not like the creature. Um, from Star Wars and we put all of the movies in and we tried to figure out uh, in what order we liked them because mm-hmm. uh, my favorite kind of red herring is ranking movies on an arbitrary scale <laughs> so uh, it's important to note I think that these movies aren't ranked by quality just by what we like because Our this whole podcast isn't beliefs, about yeah. quality it's just about whether or not we enjoy the movie and which, whether or not we're curious yeah and whether or not there's two of us <laughs> we're gonna find out that it's this is just you and you talk to yourself that's what the podcast is but you this can a, do a different voice so i'm it's a good. beautiful minding i'm a beautiful minding this whole thing right here and they're gonna make a movie about me and it's gonna be russell crowe and he's gonna be old as fuck it'll be called a curious mind <laughs> before we get started on all that though <clears throat> uh we haven't gotten any recent gifts uh but we did we do want to thank our patrons on That's Patreon. plural. You heard of that S. Because there's two of them. There's two of them. <laughs> Obviously, thanks to co-tagonist Nick uh, for for being our first patron on Patreon. And, and no one can ever take that from him. Nobody could, uh, as far as I know. I'm not a, I don't know about time travel. Oh, um, yeah. But as far as I know. Uh, and thank you to our second patron on Patreon and newest patron on Patreon, mm-hmm. co-tagonist Chris. Chris. Uh, who has been mentioned here before for giving us that beautiful Stanley Kubrick book, mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, Hamburger's Helper uh, from time to time, and Hot Sauce, I think, once. Um, yeah. And uh, so thank you to the both of you. If you would like to be a patron on Patreon, uh, just go to Patreon and search. You can still get the bronze medal. Curious. You can. Third place is uh, filling up fast. <laughs> So if you want it, you gotta get it. Uh, also, if you don't know, we send you a sticker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the thing that we're gonna do. You if can you put it are on a your patron on Patreon. car, you can put it on yourself. Yeah, I, I had put mine. mine on my hydro flask. I put mine on my chest and then I ripped it off, and I've got a patch of chest <laughs> hair that's missing that looks like a sticker. Two film It's really quite neat. <laughs> no, I put mine on my water bottle uh, at work to remind me that I should be drinking water, which I have been good we are so, not currently drinking water i mean year, in a way there is water there's water in it yeah uh actually for those of you who are two films too curious we are drinking uh andre cold duck the mm-hmm. best that andre has to offer the, and it's it's a red sparkling water. it's a sparkling red your boy here loves sparkling reds they're good so anyways we uh we've ranked our movies and we're gonna read them in reverse order Talk about them a little bit. We may go th- just blow through some of them quickly. We may yeah. linger on some. Um, but yeah. then we've got other nice things to talk about on this, our special feature. 
We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So, bottom of our list. Dungeons and Dragons. Very close. Mine is the Warriors. And there are Warriors in Dungeons and Dragons. There are. To be fair. There are. We should probably... Should we just do like the last last five and then we talk about our bottom yeah. line? Talk about yeah. in five, chunks yeah. of five. Okay, so my bottom five. Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. is the bottom. Mm-hmm. Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Much Ado About Nothing. Okay. Romeo and Juliet. Yep. And All the Presidents Met. What are your bottom five? Those are all towards the bottom of mine. Oh, so. okay. But they're not... Actually, my five bottom are totally different. Except for Dungeons. Except for Dungeons Dragons. The Warriors. Yeah. 29 is Rocketman, 1997. And then we have Dungeons and Dragons, Lady in the Water, and Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Okay. I... Uh, I feel bad that my um, Shakespeare adaptations are so low down on this list. Uh, I don't want you guys to think that I'm uneducated. We're, we're very close to my um, Your bottom Shakespeare. as well? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really liked it. I think that's probably one of our best episodes. Uh, yeah. But I did, it was not high up on, I don't, those movies are not as high on my list. I still really liked them both. In fact, I think that the only movie I can say on here that I, I would be hesitant to say that I liked was Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Yeah. <clears throat> I like it, but not for any of the reasons I think the people made it might think someone might like it. Tell us. Tell us why you like it. <laughs> it's just real bad. It's just... Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love things like that. Same. That's why I go on some subreddits yeah. that just make me angry. But oh, yeah. then, you know, there's a, there's a cathartic thing in that. Yeah. And it's just, while it is a terrible adaptation of D&D... It certainly is. It is not a... Terrible, like a terrible adaptation of a fantasy movie, because it is just like kind of a shitty fantasy movie. It is, and I mean, for those of you who are new listeners, I don't know why you're starting with this episode, um, but it has been a while since we've mentioned um, Forty Nights. That's and, a, uh, yeah, that's a Forty Night movie. Right generally, there. a precursor to to what we're doing here, but the idea of uh, the two of us and let fewer films, more curious, right? But. Yeah. <laughs> Two of us and a couple of other people sitting down and watching bad sword and sorcery movies and drinking a 40. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons would certainly fit that vibe. And I think that if we had done mm-hmm. it that way, I would have liked it better. And this isn't the first time I'm seeing it, um, but it's it's yeah. not it's not high on my list. Yeah. Uh, same with Bohemian Rhapsody. I liked that movie a lot. Like, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot. But it just didn't... I don't know. It was there. Are so many of these movies. I mean, for the most for the most part, I picked the movies on this list for the most part, and so I picked movies that I really like. Yeah. And it just so happens that Bohemian Rhapsody is a movie that I like the 29th best <laughs> out of these thirty <laughs> movies. So. Yeah. Lady in the Water is low on mine. That's one of our. That's our one of our largest discrepancies between our two lists. It is. Yeah, because Lady in the Water is what number on yours? Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. And it's number three on mine. That's. That is the largest one, I think. It is the largest gap. The next largest gap we'll we'll get to yeah. in our next five. But yeah, but yeah, again, not to say I didn't like the movie. No, I just like all these other movies more. What do tell me a thing that you liked about Lady in the Water? I liked. I think even more than Princess Bride that it was like a bedtime story. Yeah, because I mean, it a bedtime story is a plot point in the movie, so it not, is. But um, and I liked the. The film critic character. Because <laughs> it was just funny. Is that us now? Are we going to get eaten? I don't know. I feel like we're nicer to movies than he is. True. 
But we've also not, I mean, I, I don't think that the people that made the Dungeons and Dragons movie would particularly agree with that statement that we just said. Yeah, they so might. So maybe they come would send us. their horribly CGI'd beholders to come <laughs> kick our asses. All right. Uh, the next five are let's see The Martian, Platoon, Mortal Kombat, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and Zodiac. Mine are Much Ado About Nothing, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Martian, Miracle on 34th Street, and Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. It's, so Oh Brother is 21st on both of ours? It's 22nd on mine. Oh, we're close. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, I, I Platoon is our next largest gap, though, isn't yep. it? Because what number is it on yours? It is number 8 on mine. And it's it's number it's number 24 on mine. And I love Willem Dafoe, which is part of why I love that movie so much. It's why it's high enough up on mine. I, I don't think that... I mean, it, it wouldn't... I get... And I like I really like Charlie Sheen in it too. Charlie Sheen was really great. It's in a it. young Charlie Sheen. And John C. McGinley was great. I mean, it's a great cast and it's a great movie, but I think that there are plenty of other Vietnam War movies that I feel are more impacting or I like better. Oh, certainly, I would agree with that. Even that I, there are some I like more or that are more impacting, but but I, I do like I do like Platoon and I really like Willem Dafoe in it. The the image that he sends out to me is when he dies and he has his arms out and he looks like Jesus. Yeah. Like we talked about, I know, I know. Yeah, that's why, that's why we picked it. Uh, that's why we paired it with uh, Last Temptation. Um, <clears throat> what's the thing that you don't like from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Hmm, I would say the pacing is kind of weird to It's me. a little off. I was it gonna feels say a little well. long. Maybe a little bit too long to me. It does, and I didn't, I don't But I don't that... know what I would cut necessarily. No. But it just, it... It wasn't a movie that I lost myself into where I was it's like, oh, Odyssey. it's over? It's a long yeah. odyssey, and yeah. we're just trying to get home. <laughs> but, you know, I could see, yeah, I would agree with that, that it's a little it's a little long. Okay. You want to do our next five? Yeah. So my number 20, which is my highest of the two uh, Shakespeare, is mm-hmm. Romeo plus Juliet. Okay. Then I have Dark Tower, Warcraft, All the President's Men, and then Jaws. See, I've got <clears throat> Warcraft is my number twenty. Those are that's really close between us again. Yeah. So, uh, Warcraft, John Wick, Dawn of the Dead, Pink Floyd, The Wall, and Bad Times at the El Royale. It's my sixteen through twenty. Bad Times is coming up on my next five, so we're close yeah. on those that one as well. Uh, let's see what. Uh, I guess we talked. Warcraft is one of our more recent episodes, mm-hmm. and we talked a lot about it then. Um, Jaws is pretty much dead center on your list. Yep. I was going to ha- feel like I had a question about this, and I don't remember what now. Uh, why Why do you like Romeo and Juliet so much more than... Oh, I... Uh, much Ado. Because while they are both modern adaptations of a Shakespeare mm-hmm. movie, just like the, the campiness of Romeo plus Juliet, I feel like it's, it's the most... It's, it is while it is a modern movie, it is more play like, and okay. they're like it's just so grand, grandose and right. like over the top with everything, versus Much Ado is. It's I a mean, very subtle movie. Yeah, it's very grounded in the movie, and I mean the the play itself is fairly more grounded than Romeo and Ju- plus Juliet. Yeah. So, what um, have you seen other Baz Luhrmann movies? Did we talk about this mm-hmm. in one? I haven't seen any. I didn't. Well, I didn't care about Romeo and Juliet the first time I watched it. It was in my freshman year of, of high school. And I didn't like Moulin Rouge the first time I watched that. But when I was after watching Great Gatsby, I was ready to engage with Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's why the second time watching Romeo and Juliet, I 
I liked it a lot. It sure it's and it, some movies were that way. Twenty seven. Watch it more than once, but <laughs> I really did like it. There was a movie just recently that I thought I wanted to give it another shot. Oh, Big Fish. It was not a successful second shot, but I might have the reverse because when I first saw it, I really liked it. When uh-huh. I saw it as a kid, and it was right on the like the coattails of Star of a Star Wars movie. I don't know yeah. which one. To where like it was mostly because it was Ian McGregor that I liked it so much. Okay. But then at the very end, when all the spoilers, yeah. when all the, <laughs> the people show up to the dad's funeral that he had talked about that Ian McGregor thought they were stories, yeah, it made me cry when I was a little kid. So I when I watched it as a little kid, I don't know if it was just that I was in and out of the movie a lot. Well, you may, but you I may have preferred Little Fish. Yes. Well, that's that's what it is. <laughs> um, I just didn't engage with it, and I watched it again, like last week, and. I, it didn't, like, I get it, and I have this, I think I have the same problem with this as I did with Stand By Me. It's a good movie, and Mm -hmm. it's a well-made movie, and it's an emotionally impacting movie, and probably hits a lot harder for a person that has a really awkward relationship with their dad. And maybe that's why it hits so well with me. (laughs) (laughs) I, I get why, I totally get, like, all the people that I've talked to have had, like, like, their, their, you know, their... You could see where that might be the thing that really gets them. And I've yeah. never had that be a thing. And I'm certain that there are plenty of people that love this movie that have great relationships with their dads. But, I don't know, just didn't... Yeah. yeah. I mean, your own experiences dictate what kind of movies you're going to like and not yeah. like, I think. That's why I like Miracle on 34th Street. My dad is dead. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's because <laughs> you believe in Santa. It's because I believe in Santa. That's why. Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> All right, what are our next five? What's your next five? Starting at 19, right? Starting at, no, we just oh, finished, oh. Uh, right. starting at 15. i got to flip my page over. Mortal Kombat. Okay. Then I have Dune, mm-hmm. and I have Bad Times at the Yellow Royale, mm-hmm. John Wick, and The Gamers, Dorkness Rising. Let's see, I have Dark Tower, Shining, Lars and the Real Girl, Rocket Man, and Warriors. You got two, my bottom two. Yep. And that one. <laughs> I gotta say, I get, I, I think I get Rocket Man being so low. It does not have a lot of substance. Certainly not. Um, and I, I know that part of part of me liking it so much is that we just watched that movie so much as kids. Like yeah. that was, that, that, that was the thing that well, my dad to my number one. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's just go right on to it then. Uh, let's see. 10, my number 10 was Pirates. 13th Warrior, Master and Commander, Princess Bride, and Dune. Mine is Zodiac, Last Temptation of Christ, Platoon, Pink Floyd, The Wall, and then 13th Warrior. What? Tell me what you liked about Last Temptation of Christ so much, because I really like that movie, and I'm so glad you did too. It's a movie that just sits with you for a long time. It really I does. I love movies like that. Yeah. And not a lot of movies do that to me. Like, in the last two decade or two of watching movies, I only think of like three or four movies that I thought about for like weeks after I saw it. That was one of them. Okay. It was Last Temptation. What are the other ones? Do you know? Uh, Blade Runner 2049, um, Annihilation. Okay. Wait, which one is Annihilation? Is that the Yelly Bear one? That's the... Yeah, okay. that's the Natalie Portman going to the crazy thing called The Shimmer. Have I told you about my problem with that movie? This is it The Plants? No, I wanted to watch Annihilation, and then after I finished it, I realized what I was wanting to watch was Arrival, 
And then I looked ah. up Arrival, and I realized that neither of those movies were the ones I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch that one with Chris Pratt, where he's on the Generation ship. <laughs> so, Passengers. Yeah. I Arrival watch, is also very good, though. Is I, I want to watch like Arrival, and I want to watch uh, Annihilation <clears throat> again, because the entire time I'm like, what the fuck is Chris Pratt? They're not on a spaceship at all. <laughs> I want to tell an aside story really quick, because it's one of my favorite stories, and I'm certain that you've heard it before. Um, but dear friend Brandon... Uh, my friend Brandon, who you've, I'm certain you've met. Um, I mean, I have, I don't know if they have. No, these people haven't. <laughs> yeah, some of them have. Uh, Brandon is a, an interesting person. Brandon is very specific about what he likes and doesn't like, and he doesn't mm-hmm. care about anything you have to say about it. He's a Baltimore Orioles I fan. That. That's a shit baseball team, and he loves the Orioles. Uh, but his, the last time I asked him what his favorite movie was, he said, Transformers 2, because Transformers 1 had too much dialogue. Is that Dark Side of the Moon? I don't I don't know. But that was his favorite. He also showed me uh, Black Dynamite, so it's not like he's devoid of, of Ooh, important movie. movie, but Transformers 2 movie. was his favorite movie. So his, his um, uh, I, I hesitate to say girlfriend, because a very long-term girlfriend, and girlfriend seems trite at that point, uh, was going to hang out with a bunch significant of her, other significant other was going to hang out with a bunch of her uh, friends her sorority sisters and watch the movie The Squid and the Whale it's a Noah Baumbach just like marriage story seems like Transformers 2 when compared to Squid and the Whale and Brandon was like ooh awesome and she's like what and he was like can I come like I don't want to intrude but can I come watch it too and she was like uh, y- yeah yeah <laughs> And they get an hour into this piece. It is an hour into the movie, and Brandon's like, so when are the squid and the whale going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes you got to read the reviews. <laughs> sometimes the reviews are, they do more than just shape your opinion of a movie you haven't seen. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I'm saying, I had crucial information. <laughs> Uh, all right, my my top five are Gamers Two, Jaws, Lady in the Water, Last Temptation of Christ, and Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Let's talk about each of those. Okay, so Gamers Two. There are a handful of movies like this that I can think of where, like, there are movies that you watch that are so indelibly linked to the way you watched them and the place you watched them in. And, and even the things you say afterwards. Yeah. Um, and there's a handful of movies that will always remind me of my buddy Jeff's kitchen. <laughs> that in <laughs> in in his parents' house, their desktop computer was in this back corner in the kitchen. And this was back when YouTube only let you upload 10-minute long videos at a time. Mm-hmm. And there were like five or six movies that we can, just watched. I can see the UI right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were like five or six movies that we watched in parts on YouTube. Um, so it... What were you going to say? So was Gamers one of those? Gamers was one of them. Gamers 1 and Gamers 2, I believe. So in your mind, can you still like know where the oh, tricks are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, Gamers and Gamers 2, because of the way that the open gaming license works for their movies, mm-hmm. they upload them in that way yeah. as well. But, like, uh, him in the first Gamers, him wiping off his face and splattering down the goop of the guy that they just exploded and going, 
Cool. That's a, <laughs> That's <break>. a cut. <laughs> um, another one is, so how many points for the farmer? Or how much XP yep. for the oh, farmer yep. and Gamers 2? Mm-hmm. That's another cut. But let's see, those two movies and Clerks 1 and a couple of others that I can't come up with now. I think Rocky Horror Picture Show was that way. Mm-hmm. Waiting was that way. Um, where I can, I can, I feel the cold, hard metal of the weird step stool digging into my sides as I talk about these movies, <laughs> just because it's so ingrained in my brain. That's why that one's so high up. Jaws. When I was in high school and we read Moby Dick, I was excited to read Moby Dick until it got really existential, and then I'm like, oh god, yeah. this book sucks. And Jaws is my Moby Dick. I get. I feel like I want to go back and read Moby Dick now because I've read Jaws and I feel like I get it now. Ahab mm-hmm. is, um, what's his name? The captain. Brody. Brody. Oh no, 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 no. Brody is uh, uh, Brody, Hooper, and Clint. Clint. Yeah. Or Quint. It's Quint. Like, yeah, Quint. Quint. Um, yeah, Quint I feel like yeah, Quint. Quint Eastwood. Quint Westwood. Westwood. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that I think that Quint is Captain Ahab. It's, oh, certainly he and is. And he even dies with the shark, just like Ahab dies with the whale. And so I want to go back and read the book because I feel like I get it now. Because Jaws, Jaws, it's not the it's not the Ron Swanson quote. Jaws isn't just about a man who hates a shark. It is about imagery and all of that because all yeah. art is that way. Um, and I, I think that watching Jaws is going to make me understand that book better. Uh, Lady in the Water, again, like those other movies that I saw with my buddy Jeff, Lady in the Water is linked to me and my brother Nick sitting down mm-hmm. on the floor of his bedroom with the first DVD player we ever bought. And we watched it. I don't remember why we watched it. We, we bought it from GameStop. Like it was, a, it was back when GameStop still sold DVDs. Like if mm-hmm. somebody sold them to them used. And I guess, like, I, we had seen The Shining, I guess, and we had seen Signs, but it's not like those were, Man, like, we were like, oh, oh M. Night Shyamalan, God. he makes horror movies. We just were like, oh, let's watch Lady in the Water, I guess. Um, and it connected with us so well. And, like, even still, like, we quote lines from it all the time, mm-hmm. and it's just this this important part of our lexicon. Um, I'll, what were you going to say? I was going to say, I'll do my... Five through three, and then we can okay, yeah, go back and forth on our top ones. Yeah, top two. So my number five is Lars and the Real Girl, and not only it's just because Ryan because Gosling, I isn't love it? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> there are many reasons I love this movie. Um, it's just it's the hardest movie to explain to someone without them watching it. Yeah, when you explain the movie, they're like, it "Sounds what creepy." What kind of movie is that? Yeah, but it's such a good, and I say. A happy movie. Yeah, fuck you, Nick and Jack. It. I think I'm that sorry, Nick there and Jack. are certainly parts that are not happy in it. Oh, sure. I think that the overall message of the movie is very a good, wholesome, happy thing. Yeah, the community comes together for him. Like, I mean, because it was with Jaws, it was about community. I like that movie a lot. That's a good one. Um, my number four is The Shining, which is also my favorite horror movie. Although it is now hotly contended with The Thing after I saw The Thing for the first time. Yeah. Because crazy body horror is just what does it for me when it comes to horror movies. I love the weird alteration and transformation of things. um, Especially when it comes to horror movies. Um, But The Shining, and and part of why I like it is why it was on the podcast. It's a 
place as a character. Yeah. That's such it's such a cool concept. And we talked about it, uh, you know, backwards and forwards with um, Bad Times of the El Royale, but it's, especially in The Shining, it is a, a prominent character. It yeah. isn't just, like, characterized. It is, it does things in the movie. Okay. I was going to ask <clears throat> what, what about... The Shining's places character is is bigger than Bad Times, but that makes sense. It's, it, yeah, it is it, 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 it interacts is not a metaphorical character. Yes. It is a literal character. Yes. Um, and then my number three, Master and Commander, Far Side <laughs> of the World, which is just next to Gamers Two, and Gamers Two is the second, mm-hmm. my favorite movie that you have shown me. Oh, that's and so Gamers nice. was when you showed me that Gamers that was far before this podcast yeah. was even a. A twinkle in a, in anyone's eye. Yeah. Um, but Master Commander is just such a good movie. I'm so glad you liked it. I love every part of that movie. That's the, now I. That's why I say lesser of two weevils when yep. we toast things. I'm so glad you have a toast now too. I know. <laughs> I just. It's hard to just explain why. I just every aspect of that movie I like so much. I like the the conflict with. The other ship, mm-hmm. the French ship that they have. I like uh, Paul Bettany. Is that his name? Yeah. His character. Vision. I like, Vision is his yeah, name. I like Russell Crowe's character. Russell Crowe's character is so great. What do they call him? Jack, What? what's his nickname? Jack something? Oh. I don't remember. Jack Ass Kicker. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> something like that. I love the fucking little kid that loses an <laughs> arm, and then he's such a that badass. such a badass. That kid is where it's at. <laughs> That kid is so cool. Um, I love the sneakiness of how they got onto the other boat. I love the sneakiness that the French captain was actually posing. Oh, I just love all of it. I love that it so ends. So good. I just wish there was a second one yeah, <laughs> because I, I love, I love how it ends perfectly into a possible sequel because I know it's yeah. based on books and I, that I haven't read. We've got a bunch at the library, incidentally. Huh. So I mean, if you're ever interested, we've got a whole bunch there. I always put it in. When we still had display cases, I would do a display for uh, International Talk Like a Pirate Day. And uh, I would put that in for that, usually. All right. Number two. My number two is The Last Temptation of Christ. The second temptation of Christ. The penultimate (laughs) penultimate temptation of Christ. Of all of the temptations. Oh, I would agree. It's the the most recent. So, um, and the most recent. We've talked. I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the episode that we talked about Last Temptation of Christ. Um, I, I have, I have grown up in a in a household that uh, was was steeped heavily in Christian ideals and Christian storytelling. Mm -hmm. My parents were pastors for the first thirteen years of my life. We continued to go to church after that. And although theologically I may have shifted away from things like that, those stories are... They're in your DNA. They're in my DNA. This is, I, this is a thing that we have talked about with uh, Two Films, Three Curious alum, Devin, that uh, we enjoy that the fact that when we speak of moral things, even the ones that we agree or disagree on, uh, we speak with a similar language. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of that aside, I mean, I, I, let's be real. I watched Last Temptation of Christ the first time because I wanted to be subversive. I wanted to be like, oh, I want to watch that movie everybody thinks is bad mm-hmm. or evil. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I got to say that of it, it's such a humanizing and empowering take on the 
the the passion story. And that's the key word, humanizing. That is the whole thing of Jesus. Right. This is the, the first God became time. man. Like it that's the whole thing. This is the first time I've seen a story like this where the Jesus character was both A, still technically Jesus, and B, Willem Dafoe. the most compelling. Yeah, Willem <laughs> Dafoe. No, was the most compelling character in the movie. Yes, absolutely. Like, Jesus is not the most compelling character in Jesus Christ Superstar. What little I've seen of Passion of the Christ, I'm going to guess it's pretty similar. I'm going to say it's Judas and Jesus Christ Superstar. Absolutely. Although Mary Magdalene is a very close yes. second. Um, <clears throat> Ben-Hur, I mean, obviously the main character of Ben-Hur is Ben-Hur, but Jesus, you don't even see the top half of him. Um... And then, like, Superman, obviously Superman is the most compelling character in that movie, but he's also not Jesus, he's Superman. So... I think you have to have a conflict, and even it's an inner conflict, right? for it to be, like, a very compelling character. And the thing is that there is, I mean, biblically, there is tons of conflict, and Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think it's because we're afraid to show the human side Mm -hmm. that we don't talk about that conflict. it's It's not a temptation if you would never have given in. Yeah. The point of the temptation is that Jesus was tempted. He was actually tempted. And he chose to not do mm-hmm. the evil thing. And as opposed to a story where we're supposed to look at Jesus as this pure thing that we'll never reach, Last Temptation of Christ helps me understand, look, oh my God, all the time you're going to be tempted to do bad things. And it's going to suck and it's going to hurt and it's going to be hard. But you can do it because Jesus did it. Because Jesus understands. Yeah. That's the other whole crux of the whole religion. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Uh, that's why I like The Last Impatient of Christ. My number two. Also Willem Dafoe. Yes. And I like long movies. And that one didn't feel long to me. No. In the same way that... You know, I have another fun fact the about one this that movie. I said, oh, oh, Brother Roar, that this is That's the only movie that we didn't watch together. That's true. How did you feel not being able to watch it with me? <laughs> Why did you phrase it like that? I actually, I stopped it more than once to like go to the bathroom or something, which we tend don't to really not do. To. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I, I got really drunk that night and uh, threw up after I watched it. Uh, and I haven't done that since. There you Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Jesus, man. <laughs> Sorry to all of our uh, listeners that, that may be more religious than the two of us are. Sacrilege is only a minimal part of our podcast, so please continue to power through. I'll say I do love Jesus. I mean, I certainly love him in this movie. <laughs> My number two. Yes. Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. It's a fucking great movie. Honestly... While there are movies I like more, as will be evident with my number one, mm-hmm. I think it's one of... <laughs> more because it's, it's not the number one movie. I mean, in other movies that we haven't watched no, on the podcast, no, I like more than I'm that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Until we watched Lord of the Rings, basically, <laughs> or Blade Runner 2049. Um, I, think it's, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. I think, even, I think it's, even, it's more accessible than other movies I like more. I understand oh, yeah. that Extended Lord is not for everyone. No. But I think Pirates of the Caribbean is for everyone. It's a certainly... I think it's, that yeah. everyone would find something they like in that movie. Yeah, I agree. It's a really good movie. I 
I don't remember the first time I saw it, I don't think. I remember the first... I, it's one of the DVDs I've seen the bonus features of the most because mm-hmm. my dad keeps showing the bonus feature. Because <laughs> you're in it. Because we're in it. Because they then the... Uh, <laughs> The fort in Pirates of the Caribbean was built behind our house in California. Um, and so I've seen that bonus feature a million, million <laughs> times. Uh, but it, you're right. It's a it's a good movie, and it's an accessible movie. And not that movies have to be accessible. Yeah, but well. if you want to enjoy a movie with somebody, you want to make sure that you pick a movie that they want to enjoy. There's a reason that we didn't have Two Films, Three Curious alum Brenda on half of these episodes. Yeah. And I think that if we had two films, three curious alum, the other bill on for, geez, I don't know. Well, the video Warcraft. game ones. He yeah, probably I was about to say Warcraft. Those. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's always, of the movies, I think probably of all of the movies on the list, with the exception of Princess Bride, maybe, that might be full stop the most accessible movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sacrifice quality for it. Not at all. So, Yeah. It is a reasonable number two. Mm-hmm. My number one. Miracle on 34th Street. This is one of my absolute favorite movies ever, ever, ever. Uh, it is certainly my favorite Christmas movie. It is not the only movie on this list that made me cry. Uh, but it's the only one the on this list. The one that made me cry the most. I don't even know if it's the only one that made me cry the most. But it is certainly the one on this list I get made fun of for making me cry a lot. That's BS. <laughs> We make fun of you for crying for a whole lot of things, not just this. Uh, no, but I do, I really like this movie a lot. I think that in much the same way, Last Temptation of Christ humanizes Jesus. Miracle on 34th Street humanizes Santa, Santa Claus. I think that one of the greatest scenes in cinema history is Santa Claus talking to the little Dutch girl in Miracle on 34th Street. And I am certain that all of the versions of that scene are just as impacting. I don't recall him talking mm. to the deaf kid in the newest one, uh, but I've not seen any of the other adaptations, but I'm certain they're just as impacting because the idea that Christmas, especially the secular Christmas, isn't for specific people. It's for everybody, anybody. Mm-hmm. It's why I can't remember which movie it is. I think it might be Santa Claus is Coming to Town. But it's one of the Rankin Bass Christmas ones where Santa's sort of looking at his list, and he just sort of goes, ah, and he starts to roll up. It's like they're all they're all great this year because no kid. This is what my dad says when you know a kid gets really angry with him in his classroom. Mm-hmm. It's like no kid woke up and said today today is the day I punch my chemistry teacher. No, sometimes kids just have a really bad day, and I'm not trying to say that kids should be never blamed for the things that they do, but every kid should be able to enjoy Christmas mm-hmm. or their cultural similar thing. I would agree with that. Christmas is fucking awesome. I'm curious about in the Dutch dub of the film, do they make it in a little English girl maybe? Yeah. And they're like, wow, that's so weird. Santa can speak English too. <laughs> I'm just, I'm curious as to what it might be. The Dutch don't watch this movie because, as we know, the Dutch are scum. The Dutch are scum. <laughs> it's a line from Metalocalypse. No, it's not. I really truly believe that. <laughs> Just kidding to all of our Dutch listeners. <laughs> our podcast is going to blow up. And then, once they get to this up. episode... Dutch terrorists It's going to just tank. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what's your number one? I My number one. You do that. There you go. 
to the surprise of no one, is The no Princess Bride. <laughs> I know how much you love that movie. Because it's my favorite. If I have to pick a single movie, if I have to pick a movie less than three hours long, it's The Princess Bride. <laughs> Fair. Because a lot of people don't accept all three Lord of the Rings extended as one movie as an answer. So, I do. I know. But only because by doing that, you're forced to accept all 11 <laughs> Star Wars movies as my favorite Star Wars or my favorite movie. Exactly. Um, Princess Bride, to me, is also the movie I have just the strongest memories of. Watching it as a kid, like in the living room. Um, you own two copies of it, is that true? Or yeah, just one? Just one. Okay. You're welcome, by the way. <laughs> That's That was my... <laughs> Well, I guess it wasn't my first Criterion film because I bought no, Rashomon before Rashomon. that. Yeah. But it's just like Pirates. I think maybe it's a smidge less accessible to a modern audience, perhaps. A little, maybe a, a little bit. Although you'll find the essay in your Criterion Collection version is about how that's not entirely true. Yes. So. But it's just it's if you like romance, if you like Fencing. action, adventure, giants, chases, escapes, true love. Then you'll like Miracles. this movie. Yes. And segue into our next thing we'll talk about. I think it is the best adaptation that we watched this year. All right. Tell us tell us about the book and why you think it's a great adaptation. Because well, I've only read the first, I don't know, third of the book. I read the book for the first time. It was after we filmed that episode, I think. Okay. Or it may have not been. I don't know. I may have talked about it on the episode, the book. Also, to be fair, we've never filmed an episode, so I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, um, but with... The book is just written in the exact way that the movie is filmed. Not even just, like, line for line in a lot of different but areas. Just like, but just the way it makes you feel. Yeah. Which I think is a very difficult thing to adapt. Um, You'll find a lot of the movies on this list don't do it very yes. well. <laughs> Which is why in so many cases of any kind of adaptations, especially from books, you yeah. have people that the book was better. Oh, yeah. Like, with Princess Bride, they're just they're completely equal in my mind. Which says something to the book, because I've seen the movie a billion times and I read yeah. the book once. But the book, if you don't know about it, is framed in this strange, like, in the same way that at the beginning of the movie, the grandpa comes in and he has like, this book by S. Morgenstern. Yeah. As Morgenstern is a completely fictional author. <laughs> he did not write the book. But the book is written as if William Goldman yes. right, is translating from, like, Florin yeah. The Princess Bride. Yeah, because the original book is shit, according to yes. Goldman. He skips, like, 80% of it because apparently yeah. it's about the politics in this area. Yeah. And even he'll be, like, in the book, it'll be, like... All right, so you'll notice there's a big gap between these chapters because I skipped like 15 chapters of the book because they sucked. <laughs> I he, think my favorite thing like that is that he says that he ran into Andre the Giant at a muse at a Florin history museum, <laughs> and that's when he decided to cast him in the movie. It's just it's this whole like conspiracy basically. Um, Tell me about the lost chapter. So yeah, it 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 says that you can write that basically his publisher would not allow him to put these this chapter in or like so he has it used to be you could like write to him yeah and he would write back and it would still be like well they, I can't won't, give let, it to they you. won't let me do it i'm sorry i used to and now they won't let me and now apparently you can email and you'll get the same kind of response yeah but like it's it's, a, it's like a conspiracy <laughs> man <laughs> but i love it and it's just like this 
it just perfectly captures the humor of the book. It's just a good adaptation, I think. Are there what's another adaptation on there that you think is a good adaptation, a tonally good adaptation? I'll tell you. <laughs> well, why don't you talk about your what you think is the best adaptation while I th- while I think adaptation? of that because okay. I'll have to find something that I've also read the book or whatnot of. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think I mean we've talked about this a little bit. I think that Gamers Two might be the best we'll mm, ever uh-huh. get to a Dungeons and Dragons movie. That it is certainly not an adaptation of any sort of anything in Dungeons and Dragons, it with the not, exception of rules, I guess. Yeah, it's not an adaptation of the setting of Dungeons and Dragons. It is an adaptation of playing the game Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly, and I really like it for that specifically. I think that that's a really cool um, thing that they did. I think also, although it wasn't one for our series on adaptation. I think that Pink Floyd's The Wall is a really good adaptation oh, yes. as well. I think that they did a really good job getting the visuals to be just as weird and also match mm-hmm. up the Gerald Scarfy anim- uh, animation and just Bob Geldof's portrayal of Pink um, was really tonally fit with um, the the movie or with the album. Fun fact, uh, the Boo Lady from Princess Bride mm-hmm is uh the in the happiest days of our lives there's the teacher that uh is like the one that's yelling at pink for his poems everyone poems Mm -hmm. uh and then uh as the song says he goes home at night to his fat and psychopathic wife that's the boo lady we can just shut the whole podcast down. We're, we made it. <laughs> and then he, I love that. I feel like I talked about that on the thing, but I may Probably. not have. But I think it's such a cool, forgotten. It's such a cool fun fact. So, but we yeah, watched enough that, movies for this podcast, and now we have little things like that between the movies. Yeah, I love that. Anyways, I think that those That's are probably great. for me at least. Those are two of the best adaptations that matches the tone. I'm certain that you can make an argument for Romeo and Juliet or Much Ado About Nothing being really great adaptations. Um, but for me, I think it's Gamers Two and Pink Floyd: The Wall. I would say someone who's barely even played Mortal Kombat, that is also a very good adaptation. Yeah, it is. I would agree. Because, well, I would love to say, I know that The Shining apparently isn't. I haven't read the book, but I know that there are creative differences between Kubrick and Stephen King. There's creative differences between Kubrick and literally anybody that's (laughs) met Kubrick. (laughs) That's fair. I haven't read the book for Dune, so I can't weigh in on that one either. I don't think it's a bad adaptation, but I don't think it's a good adaptation. But wait until the next one comes oh out. Oh my god! Oh this my god. year. <laughs> Speaking of, we may have talked about this on the podcast, and I can't recall if we did or not. That they did not invite us, industry uh, we, professionals. We may have. I think we unquote, did to see the new Dune footage. You want to hear another thing like that? What? Bong Joon Ho, Oscar okay. Oscar winner Bong Joon Ho was at an event two or three days ago with the Criterion people. And it was at that event that it was announced that Parasite and one of his other movies that I can't remember now, I think the host, maybe something else, are going to be released on, into the Criterion Collection. These will be his first two movies in the Criterion Collection. Appropriate, they would tell him? Yes. Uh, and also, it's, I mean, as an aside, it's really neat because Parasite has a current Blu-ray release and they're still going to release it on Criterion Collection. I think that's very hmm. cool. Here's the kicker, though. At this event, they gave Bong Joon-ho a ton of Criterion movies, including... The documentary Paris is Burning, which doesn't come out for another week and a half. Ooh. And I'm sitting here like some sort of dumb asshole, can't buy my copy of Paris is Burning. I would buy a full price if they let me, 
but no. Bong Joon-ho gets a copy, and what do I get? Nothing. Now, here's the really bad part. I have told, apart from you, three other people this. And two of them have been like, well, what Oscar-worthy best picture movie have you directed? Ooh. And while that's a fair criticism, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Anyways, can you tell us about an adaptation that you think was a bad adaptation on our list? Hmm. Let me go to the bottom of my list. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not at the bottom of my list, but I think that Dark Tower is a horrible adaptation. Fair. I love that movie. I think it's a wonderful movie. I think it was a ton of fun. And I think that if your would, goal was to squish a million billion pages across six books into an hour and a half, I think they did it. But they, I don't they think certainly it's a good accomplished adaptation. it. Cutting two fully major characters. Just deleting the entire, uh, the whole book that was backstory, they got rid of that. The whole book that was basically uh, Magnificent Seven, they got rid of that book. But I liked the movie. It's just a horrible adaptation. Uh, additionally, well, we've talked about how Stephen King thinks The Shining is a bad adaptation. Yeah. And, uh, well... 13th Warrior may be a good adaptation of the book that it's adapting, but maybe isn't the best adaptation, or at least most accurate adaptation of Beowulf. Yeah. So. I would agree with that. I would say more inspired by than adapted from. Here's a question that we've asked pretty much every episode. Is there a movie on here that you wish we could have paired with something else? I don't know if I have an answer. Mm. But... It's something to think about, I guess. Yeah. I think that... The fact that I haven't maybe had an answer each time we've asked this tells me maybe I don't have an answer for <laughs> the big list. Um, I think that Dungeons & Dragons and some other 40 Night movie would have been nice to pair together. Mm -hmm. but Maybe even that bad 40 Night movie... With a good one, like, like Conan, Conan. Or yes. Fire and Ice or something like that. But then that would have been our very first two films for Curious because we'd have to have... Nick and Jack here to talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. So not our not our two films two curious patron. Nick, no, Nick. the other Nick, who I don't think has ever listened to this podcast. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, our next season, much like this season, focused on although wasn't entirely about adaptations. adaptations our next season will focus on, but not be entirely about sequels because it's the sequel because it is the sequel our we've we've already put a couple of pairs on our guests shelf but what do you have a favorite sequel blade runner 2049 is that your favorite sequel because you like the movie so much or do you think that it is an incredibly good sequel i think to it's the an incredibly good sequel to the original that's a good answer and which is very surprising because of, because of how much later it came mm -hmm. but i think it very perfectly captures the feel, the setting, and like the grayness of the morality yeah. of Blade Runner. Good answer. Well, I don't know if I have anything else to say. Do you have anything else to say? Do you have any questions oh. about our past year? Uh, what Actually, here's one, I guess. What do you think your favorite episode to record was? Or watch the movies of and then record? 
Despite it being so low on my list, my our first one was my favorite, I think. It, I by really that, I mean, like, Lady in the Water being so low on the list. Yeah. Yeah, Princess Pride is really low on your list. <laughs> I mean, it's number it's one out of yeah. 30, so it is pretty yeah, low. Yeah, it's pretty low. It's the <laughs> smallest number on that list. I liked, I liked that episode. I thought it was fun to do. Um, I liked all of our episodes with our guests. I liked having yes. our guests on, and I cannot wait to have more guests on, or even the same guests again, depending. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've already got an idea for the next time we do another adaptation one to yep. have two films, three curious alum, Bill Mikesell back on for that. The other day. It can be the two films, two curious, twice alum. Yes. Bill Mikesell. Two films, three curious, two alum. <laughs> Bill. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that I think that those were my favorite episodes. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the the Romeo and Juliet and Much Ado About Nothing one. I really enjoyed the President's Man Zodiac. Zodiac one. I really enjoyed the Last Temptation and Platoon one. So mm-hmm. is that it? Those are the only ones we've had guests on so far, right? I'm going to say yes, and if I'm wrong, I'm very sorry to our fourth guest that I forgot. I'm not. <laughs> you guys should have been more memorable. That's not on me at this point. So, anyways, uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we're going to have another episode yeah, soon. See our next our next episode will be our anniversary party episode. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're hosting an event with uh, prominent co-tagonists and two films, three curious alums, and we're going to watch four of the movies on our list. And tell them which patrons four? and patrons. We are watching Master and Commander, mm-hmm. Far Side of the World. And then Rocket Man. And then... Bad Times at the El Royale. And then 13th Warrior. And then 13th Warrior. And we're going to have... We'll have... Uh, we used to do these marathons where uh, in the middle we would show some kind of the preachers, Kind of yeah. like, like at Alamo Draft House. But instead we'll be recording... Uh, conversations with us and the people that are there to see what they thought about these movies. We're going to interrogate them. We really are. Uh, and they can't fucking leave. We're also going to force feed them vegetarian hamburger helper because we think it's fucking hilarious. It's going to be like some weird just that no-no torture shit. thing. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be human centipede but with movies. Yeah. And hamburger helper. <laughs> but whoever has it third it's just going to be poopoos. <laughs> and thrice regurgitated Indi- film Indistinguishable from... <laughs> From Hamburger Helper, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, we've this this premise is sweaty now. We've um, gone, yeah. We're... So thank you for listening and thank you for being curious and mm, we love we you. Love you. <laughs>